said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm not muted. Oh, there's no battery, that's why. many fires. They talk about the Falklands War, Northern Ireland, funerals and grief, Suchet, Arras, Vimy Ridge, the Somme, etc. Wigan. <laughs> what a place. <laughs> there they've got a peel there, you know. <laughs> and I, I'm going to have a bit of humour, I'm afraid, because it's a serious subject. And, but when I was a child, Jenny, in the first service, she talked about her childhood. Well, I couldn't resist it, so I have, to do, I have to do my bit as well. Are you ready, Steve? Who do you think you are kidding, Mr. Hitler? That's if me in a shelter the during the war. But also, during that same time, came up with standing in the shelter doorway watching the searchlights come up with some Air Force cadets and we were watching this the Stuka bombers coming down to bomb our town that was my school that was bombed and set on fire and that was my street which was also bombed and as you can see, the horror that took place there. But you know, when we hear that, who are you kidding, Mr. Hitler? We look back and we think, Bayek, it was fun. Believe in me, it wasn't fun. Because when a bomb hits houses just ten doors down from you, and people you'd seen walking the street, are no longer walking the street because of what had happened, it becomes exceedingly painful. The journey continues. As Jenny said in the first service, we went on a holiday and we stayed in a place called Suchet. And in Suchet, 
there are various things. There were many battlefields around there. It's around Arras, it's near the Somme. And you know, the, the number of things that were there were absolutely incredible. I want you to listen to this because, again, you might recognize the tune. It's the sound of the last post at the Menin Gate. This graveyard there is at Bayeux. This too is at Bayeux. This one is in Souchet. It's a French cemetery. And as you stand on the hill and look down, all you can see is gravestones going on and on and on. And there are pits there, graves, with 5,000 soldiers in it. But also, just outside Souchet, is this cemetery. It's a cemetery which is dedicated to the lost German soldiers who died. And do you know what? One of the things we often forget in our triumphalism is that it was a world war and many people died. Many people were hurt. And in the Second World War, of course, the Americans were brought in. They were in the First World War and that's the cemetery at Cambridge, the Air Force Cemetery. Several of us have been there. Why am I showing these? It's because they're memories. They're part of my journey. Part of my pilgrimage, as it were. Pilgrimage which brought me to Shrewsbury. You all recognize that building, don't you? Battlefield Church. And how many soldiers are buried under there because of the Battle of Shrewsbury? See, wherever... Wherever there's a battle and wherever there's a war, we always erect memorials. Battle Church Church, Battlefield Church rather, is a place of memory where men fought and died and they suffered the horrors of war. And we will always remember them. Always. The picture at the top, and this was part of my journey, is the Canadian War Memorial at Vimy Ridge. And we've already heard that a Canadian doctor wrote that poem which brings us the poppies. That Vimy Ridge was a very, it was only a hill, hill 145. And yet men died just to capture that hill. But what shook me more than anything was that here were the English or Canadian trenches where Ian is sitting just a few yards away were the German trenches. That's how close they were. You could hurl a cricket ball at each other but the cricket balls were full of explosive and men died. My journey... part of this as well he will wipe away every tear from their eyes there won't be any more death there won't be any grief, crying or pain because the first things have disappeared 
Just think of that as we... I was almost inclined to call this sermon the No Mores. No more war, please God, no more war. Please God, no more. You recognise that, of course, but we very rarely see it. It's at the back of church. It's the war memorial. Something where men's names are inscribed. One name in particular stands out because he was a hero. World War II flying ace, Eric Locke. The vicar lives in the road. Eric Locke Road West. I think it is, isn't it? But you see, these are things to help us remember And many of us have got deep and harsh memories of war. But then again, there's another side of things too. We we all, next week in the evening, we're having the opportunity of remembering our relatives that have died. I think that's important as well. Today we're having a specific emphasis of men and women who've died because of war. There's a Rogers and Hart song which has these words in it. It's easy to remember and so hard to forget. I can remember going to a funeral in 1943. It was my mother's. She had died not because of war injury but as a consequence of war. I went to another service again as a very young child of a cousin was in the desert and he was just blown to smithereens there was no body I talked about mentioned the fact the Falkland War I can remember as a TA chaplain going to visit families of men who'd been killed in that war and today We have many men coming home from Afghanistan, not fit and well, but hurt, bodies broken, and some are dead. And those who've served in the forces will know the anguish and the pain that men feel when one of their comrades die, the hurt and the pain. So much so that after many years, some cannot even talk about their experiences because they're too painful and too hurting. I I said earlier that on Armistice Day, for many years, I used to take the civic parade in Bootle. And afterwards, I would go back to the army mess and I would talk to old soldiers. And you know what? When you talk with them, they just wouldn't come out. They needed some liquid to lubricate their tongues. And then the horrors would come out. Or go and visit a Star and Garter home. Or a home for, or a place where old soldiers go. Where they're mentally broken. Where their pain is so much. Go and talk to them. Go and talk to them. That's a painful sight. These are our 
soldiers coming home. I'm heavy on emotion because it hurts me so much to know what we have done. You know, within each one of us there's that seed which causes these things to happen. Greed. We want what other people have got. It's not good enough to have what I've got. They've got to have what I've got too. And so then conflict comes. But it doesn't come in war as well. You know, it comes in neighbourhoods. It comes with our next door neighbour. It comes because of the angst within us. The sin which is within us. It's painful. But we've got to face it. You know, as Tim pointed out earlier, there is the answer to lots of problems, lots of things that happen. The cross upon which Jesus died the answer to many things. Here we go again. No more death. No more grief. No more crying. No more pain. But when you come to a soldier's funeral. What do you say? What do you say? God loves you. This is why it happened. You can't say things like that. You have to come behind a reasoning and ask God to show you something. You see, at some point in our lives, each one of us will no longer be here and we'll all stand before our Maker and it's important that we're ready for that day. You see, in that passage that Ian read to us, we've got a glimpse of something which can happen. Then I saw a new heaven. John is revealing hope to a, a, a beleaguered people. People who were exiled, people who were hurting, people who had been chased out of their country. He said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there were no longer any sea. And I saw, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for a husband. So we've got a glimpse of the city of the future. You know, I've thrown about here. You know, God originally created earth to be suitable for man as mankind's permanent home. But what did we do? We wrecked it. You know, we, we can all blame Eve with the apple. Or the fruit or whatever it was. We can all blame her and say it's all her fault. But it was us. We as people. For mankind's permanent home to be totally destroyed. So that God had to create a new heaven and a new earth. And the new city will be a reflection of a holy God because it will be a holy city. A reflection of a holy God. Yeah, one of the things that I know of God, He is so holy 
that he can stand nothing, nothing that is imperfect. This is why Jesus died, because God couldn't stand that imperfectness that was in the earth, in the world. Jesus had to come and die on our behalf so God could make us perfect in him. That's why Jesus died. The new city will be a holy city. It'll be beautiful. I've taken many weddings. And you know what? I'm going to be very rude now about brides. They come to the interview and they, well, they're, they're, they're quite pretty, they're quite nice. Then comes the wedding day. Boy, I've never yet seen a bride who is not beautiful. They are fantastic. They're made up to the nines. Oh, it's wonderful. As a bride is prepared for a husband. So, that city will be. This is our home. You know, in Colossians, he turned around and said, you know, we are not, we are sojourners in this place. We're not of this place. We are waiting for our home in heaven. And the reason this city is a place to be is because God himself will reside with you in that city. God's going to be there. Now that's a wow factor. God is going to be there. God is going to be there. So the no mores. Well, let's look at them. No more death. Well, if we're with God, if we're in that new city, if we're in that new Jerusalem, if we're in that holy city, there can be no more death because we'll be living with him. Because death is something of this life. I will make all things new. No more grief. You know, those of us who suffered the loss of someone we love, know the pain and the angst and the hurt that comes with grief. You know, I was with one family once and they nearly hit me because they were so angry at what had happened to their son. So angry. They, they just almost couldn't control because their grief was so, so hurting them. There'll be no more of that because God will be there. God in that new city, in that holy city. No more crying. As I prepared this, I did so much reading. I did quite a lot of reading apart from my own experience. And you know what? I've never cried so much in preparing a sermon as I've done with this one. Simply because I could feel the hurt and the pain of families. You know, when we read about a young soldier being killed in Afghanistan today, we forget about the extended family. The mum, the dad the aunts, the uncles, the cousins, the brothers, the sisters, the neighbours down the street, the mates they had in the club, the mates they played football with. We forget about those. But there's such an angst, there's such a pain. No more crying. No more pain. 
Have you listened to the stories of comrades of the young men who've been shattered in Afghanistan? Have you heard them? They're painful to listen to. But, in all this, we have this great comfort, which I think is so wonderful. Just a few verses on, in verse 6, it says, I will give a drink from the fountain filled the water of life to anyone who is thirsty. And it won't cost a penny. It won't cost a thing. But if you look further back, Jesus cried out and said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Rivers of liver water, living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me this way. Come to the cross. Come to the cross. Come to me, Jesus said, all who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. So you see, there's a comfort that we have. A comfort that we have with from Jesus. He says, come, if you are grieving, come and lay that burden at my feet. If you're crying, come, lay those tears at my feet. And if you're in pain, emotional and physical, come and lay that burden at my feet. But it's no good just knowing the words there's a big action very simply come come every tear from their eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away so we're going to give the opportunity to come I want to ask you a question what difference do you want God's promise to make to you that promise I've just read about and David's just unpacked for us Be honest in the worship that follows now and in the opportunity for prayer that we have. And if you'd like to, please feel free to come to the cross and using a pen that's here just on the step to write what it is that you'd love God's promise to make a difference to. What is it? Something in your own life. And if you don't want to write down for all to see what that is, just write your name and God will know what that is. Or for somebody else, what difference do you want God's promise to make? 
then write them or their situation on there. Or a global situation. Something that you really carry with you. A situation in a particular part of the world you'd love God's promise to really impact. Or maybe it's in your work life. Maybe it's in the way that you go about your work. Maybe it's where you work or the aim of the work that you have that you love God's promise to make a difference to. Or it's the lives of those that you come up against in the week that you work with or you spend your life with. You love God's promise to make a difference to them. Then name that on the cross. If you'd rather just sit where you are and pray, then please do feel free to do that. The worship's going to continue. Hugh's going to lead that. You can stand or you can sit as you feel comfortable and be honest with God. But if you'd like to, come to the cross and give these things to him.